right, hey, what's going on? Happy Monday, and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now. We'll be available every single day. We'll have a new show every morning, bright and early, always up by 4 a.m. at the absolute latest. So every morning, you can jump in our feed. You'll have a podcast giving you the latest news, notes, and conversation about the Reds in the middle of a playoff chase with only 11 games to play. And this show is presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. Well, coming up today, myself and Trace Fowler discuss the Reds game. I'll let you know where things stand in the NL wildcard race, recap the Reds minor league action, and preview the Reds' next series against the Twins. But first, here's what happened in New York. Series finale and season finale against the New York Mets. In the top of the first, it got off to a good start for the Reds uh, as Nick Senzel, Tyler Stevenson, and Noelvi Marte all singled. Marte's single was the RBI single, 1-0 Cincinnati. Red starter Brandon Williamson pitched around runners on base in the first and second innings, but then the first two batters reached base in the bottom of the third, putting runners on the corners. Brandon Williamson then struck out Ronnie Mauricio and got Pete Alonzo to pop out, but he walked Francisco Lindor. During that walk to Lindor, Tyler Stevenson made a really nice stop on a pitch that bounced in front of the plate that saved the run at the time, but the next batter, Stevenson could not stop another wild pitch. That tied the game up at one, and then Francisco Alvarez doubled home two more runs, and just like that, it was 3-1 Mets. Brandon Williamson did get through another jam in the fourth inning, some more shaky defense behind the Reds, and his day was done. Four innings pitch, six hits, three earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts on the day for Brandon Williamson. In the top of the fifth, Nixon Zell continued his absolute domination of left-handed pitching. He crushed a solo home run 420 feet, home run number 12 for Senzel, and it was a 3-2 ball game. Bottom of the fifth, Carson Spires came in to relieve Brandon Williamson. He should have got out of the fifth inning, but a ball bounced off of Christian Encarnacion Strand, who was playing first base on Sunday. Steer made a great play backing him up, but CES put his head down, upset with himself that he didn't make the play, and that split second was just enough time for Jeff McNeil to beat the throw from Steer, and McNeil was called safe after replay review overturned the original call and you guessed it the next batter single at home a run for two Mets Carson Spires pitched pretty well overall but his worst throw of the day was actually on a comebacker to the mound in the seventh inning should have been an easy double play but Spires throw sailed into the outfield and then the Mets would just pour it on after that a Christian Encarnacion strand two run home run in the eighth would make the final score a little more respectable but the Reds fall 8-4, and the Reds are now 78-73 on the season. And here's what Reds manager David Bell had to say after the game. Yeah, even starting with Brandon, he's been so good for us. Didn't Couldn't really get a good feel on the mound. Um, had had trouble just settling in out there. Not bad. I mean, for, for what he had today, he, he gave us uh, you know, enough. And then Carson came in and really gave us everything we needed with the innings. Um, and that could have gone different. You mentioned the... 
the struggles, some plays that could have been made, uh, made it tougher on Carson, but you know, he did give us the innings we need that could help us moving forward quite a bit. Um, and even when we were we were down, we were hanging in there offensively. I felt like we were within distance of uh, you know a big hit or a big home run or coming back, and then they, they kind of broke it open after that. For Williamson, after he missed some time, uh, is there anything, I asked him the same thing, anything to, to build on the next time he goes out there, you think? Yeah, you just don't know how the the sickness, um, the level of uh, um, just recovery that that uh, you know he had to go through. He was he was on nine days rest, which can be his last start, which can be shocking to the system a little bit. Um, through ninety plus pitches that time, and came out today and just didn't didn't feel good. Um, he's not injured. He, he did throw less pitches today, so hopefully that'll help him coming back out next time. You guys are in almost must-win territory now, but the fact that you won both series on the road, do you take consolation in that, or do you not look at that, that this this game should have had? Yeah, I mean, of course the results are... Um, that's going to be, you know, what, what gets us where we're going, but uh, for us as a team, I think we're doing a good job. I know we're doing a good job of really paying attention to things that, that we can control, and um, you know, the, the the idea is, yes, every game is important to win. Um, you know, every play is important to make, but you have to turn the page really quick. And, um, you know, if anything, that becomes the most important thing now because uh, we're going to continue to be challenged. We're going to continue to face situations that we have to, to be strong and, and, and stay together and work through. And if we continue to do that, we're, you know, we really feel good about where we are. And here's what Red starting pitcher Brandon Williamson had to say. I mean, it was just really the third. Um, got into some sticky spots, and, uh, you know, they executed when they had to, and, and uh, I just missed a few spots. What were you trying to do on the uh, pitch to Alvarez? Uh, heat her up. Uh, it really wasn't that bad. It was just kind of, you know, uh, limited to I had to throw that pitch, so probably was uh, guessing that. How was the energy level? You okay on that regard? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I hit a little bit of a wall, but, you know, it, that, that could just be because it's September, you know. Is there anything at all to build on next time you go out there? Uh, the changeup was good. Um, do that well. You know, first couple innings, fastball wasn't bad. Um, you know, I'd say maybe the changeup. Two series against below 500 teams on this road trip. Obviously, you guys won the first two games in each, but then couldn't finish the job in the finale. Is that disappointing at all, knowing that for you guys it's sort of must-win territory? Yeah, I mean, we, we still won both series on the road. Um, you know, Detroit's swinging it all right right now. New York is a pretty solid team. Um, you know, we know what's at stake. Uh, it's not like going out there and said, oh, we won the first two, we can we can take today off. Um, that's just how the cards fell. All right, the Reds did not get a lot of help around the NL wildcard race on Sunday. The Miami Marlins smacked the Braves 16-2. The Marlins swept the Braves, the team with the best record in baseball. Yeesh. Uh, the Diamondbacks, they won 6-2 over the Cubs in Sunday Night Baseball. The Diamondbacks swept the Cubs. And then the Giants, they beat the Rockies 11-10. As the Giants hang on, they salvage one win in that four-game series against the Rockies. So here is where things stand in the NL wildcard race on Monday morning. Of course, you have the Phillies. They're 81 and 68, holding the first wildcard spot three and a half games ahead. 
Arizona Diamondbacks now have passed the Cubs for the second wild card spot. They're just a half game up. The Cubs and Marlins are tied for the third and final wild card spot. Both of those teams at 78 and 72. The Reds just a half game behind both those teams. Reds, of course, 78 and 73. And then the Giants still hanging around. They are two games back, a game and a half behind the Reds. If you're interested in playoff odds, latest update from Fangraphs as I record this, the Diamondbacks are at 56%, Marlins at 55%, Cubs at 46%, Reds drop a bit, they're down to 31%, and the Giants down at 13%. All right, well, here is myself and Trace Fowler on Chatterbox Reds Live on Sunday afternoon talking about the game. All right, uh, welcome into another Chatterbox Reds edition. This is a losing edition where the Metropol- Metropolitans from New York, they defeat the Cincinnati Reds 8-4. to Listen, the Brave, the Brave situation's tough. The Brave situation's tough. The Marlins, oddly enough, the team that I really, of all, of all the teams that I was worried about, that was, the, that was the last on the list. Starting to look like that should be first on the list now. I don't know. If I, I just feel like if the Reds would have taken care of business, and they did... <laughs> They went five and two this week. I mean, they did. I mean, they took care of business, man. They did what they did what we all asked. They did what we all asked, and they do still sit in a good position. Let's not act like they're not in a good spot, okay? Like because yes, the Marlins obviously are playing well, but the Cubs are back in it now. Like that's 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 the caveat, right? Okay, so now instead of a one team a one spot race, it's a two team two spot race. Like it or not, I don't know if you love that or if you hate it, but the Chicago Cubs and the Arizona Diamondbacks, you hold a tiebreaker over, right? And, and, and then from there, I, I, clearly the Marlins is the last team we want to have any kind of tie with because they hold, I think, all the tiebreakers. It seems like. I mean, with those every, sweeping the Braves, they have to have clinched yeah, that. They clinched now. that. That's over. So the Marlins, they, they, they hold every tiebreaker known to man. And here we sit. The, 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 the most difficult part of this, uh, you have a um, B-Will concern with the, with the question mark. I, I don't know. I mean, is it more concern or is it just the, rea- uh, just the reality of the situation? H- how long can we go, Nick, where we ask these guys that before the year started, we would laugh to say they, would be, they were going to come in and throw more than two or three, in, uh, have two or three major league starts, and now we're relying on them in the middle of a pennant race. Like, that's, that's exactly where we are now. I don't know. I, I don't mean I don't want to be a pushover or sound like a pushover. I just give all of these guys a, all the slack in the world. I just I just do. Um, Brandon Williamson. We'll see. I, I I don't know. I'm more concerned. I guess if, if concerned, I'm not just concerned about Brandon Williamson. I'm concerned about the whole entire staff. Now that Graham Ashcraft's done for the year, like what do you have left? Like. <laughs> I, I laugh because it's sad and true. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, Nick, but it's like, what, what, what is there that they could that they what is there that they could take away now? And I know you shouldn't poke the bear because there's more. There's certainly more that can go wrong. But it's like, what more could possibly go wrong from an injury related standpoint in a COVID related standpoint than what's happened to the Cincinnati Reds? I don't know, man. Yeah, Williams is in a tough spot. I mean, it, it just it really stinks because he was just on such an incredible roll. Uh, they went on the, the COVID IL. Um, 
came back. I, I don't know if it's fatigue. I, I don't know if like it is with Abbott. It doesn't feel like as much like Abbott. I don't know if it's just rust because the guy didn't pitch for a couple weeks. Um, I don't know if it's just regression. It's probably a little bit of all three, right? I mean, it, it just you kind of get all those three wrapped into one, and that's kind of what you got. Um, it was also, though, a couple pitches away from a completely different outing. It was. And it, so it's kind of, you know, I don't want to make too big of a deal out of it. You know, his next starts against the uh, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, you know, look, this Mets team came in playing really well. And, and you know what? We better hope to God they play well because they play six games against the Marlins. So, you know what? If you really wanted optimistic, maybe the Reds the, maybe the Reds got the Mets going a little bit. Keep it going, boys. Well, they were playing well before the Reds played them. Uh, they, they, they took uh, they they didn't they took two or three from the Diamondbacks. Yeah, they were eight and five coming in. Yeah. So, um, second highest OPS in the month. Mets are playing decent baseball. Um, it's not like they're pushovers, so I don't know. I mean, it, they it, do just never the, know. I mean, they, they do have the highest payroll in the sport. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, you'd think that would help. They got rid of some of that payroll, though, to be fair. I, it's not that there's nothing to say here because there are things to, to talk about that are interesting. I mean, you, you just get into this lineup, and, 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 and the other thing about Brandon Williamson and the staff in general is if you can't catch the ball, these guys aren't good enough to get you out of holes. They're just not. You, you can't expect Brandon Williamson to go out and get four outs two different times, or you expect Spears to be able to go out and get 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 four outs one inning, and and it's just it's a recipe for disaster. We all know that this today was not winning baseball in any form or fashion, no matter how you want to how you want to dice it up, split it up. Um, it just it just felt gross because there was some plays that they got away with too, right? I mean, obviously the ball to CES, that's a ball that should be caught. And, and then not only that, then he felt sorry for himself. He started to pout and then didn't realize that steer had to play on the ball. So he didn't get a chance to obviously make a full stretch. If he does do that, he's probably out. Um, you know, it just, there just was not much. There's just not a whole lot of winning baseball outside of Joey Votto. There's, you know, not a ton of production at the plate. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully this offense and I'm just begging. I know I know I know I'm sitting here sounding like a broken record and people are like, "Well, the offense hasn't been that bad." And you can pull out a stat to prove me otherwise. I don't just when I watch these games, this offense has not taken pressure off of this pitching staff at all. We've not jumped out to a 3-4-5-0 lead early in games where you can kind of relax a little bit and 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 if for instance, if Williamson has a guy on first and third with one out or nobody out, instead of it feeling like, hey, you got to figure a way out to strand both of these guys to like, okay, let's just give up one. Let's We can give up one. Or maybe if it's a guy on second and third with with, with one out. It, do, it just doesn't feel like we're in a position right now like we were earlier this year, right? Earlier this year, it felt like, hey, we give up two runs in, in a spot. <laughs> Who cares? Like, we're gonna score. We're gonna score and come back and win. It doesn't feel like that right now. Ha- having said all that, I, am I overly concerned? That's why I said, is this gonna be a thirty-minute show or an hour and a half show? I don't know. I'm not. They're winning baseball games. They went five and two. If they go five and two every single week the rest of the way out and they don't make the playoffs, then it, it, whatever. It's the way it was supposed to go down. It's 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 the way it's supposed to go down. Um, the fact that they lost ground in this series is a joke. Um, it is the, the, the Braves 
were playing the Marlins and the Reds were playing the Mets. And if you told me the Reds were going to win two games, I'd say, okay, they're going to get at least a game. <laughs> and they just didn't get any. In fact, they lost one. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, the Reds are only a half game back. And uh, we were in a spot going into Tuesday night where the Reds were one loss and another win away from someone else of, of falling to three games back. So, I mean, yeah, they, they it, it feels a little deflating because of what the 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 Marlins did this weekend. But still, I mean, it was an incredible week for the Reds. You know, they, they did get help. And uh, the the Giants were a team that, that I was really getting nervous about because I saw, you know, kind of the way their fan graphs odds were trending. You didn't have the tiebreaker with them. You started looking a little bit deeper at them. And thankfully they just absolutely crapped all over the bed in Colorado outside yeah. of this uh, finale. And that, that really, I think helped the Reds a lot. So I don't know. It's, it's a day-to-day thing. I mean, at this point it's, it's, oh. you know, the, you can't predict baseball over small samples. So baseball, no, that's why you play a 162-game season, so so many of these things level out. Uh, what, what's going to happen over the next 11 games? Who knows? I mean, it, yeah. it's really, really hard to predict. I, what I will say about the offense, to, to, to more to your point, I don't think today I, I really take much out of it. Jose Quintana is a pitcher that pitch that's really good. I mean, the guy's got an ERA of 3.02. The Reds had eight hits. They had a lot of hard hit balls. I'm a little bit more concerned that the Reds faced bad pitchers on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Friday, on Saturday. And, yeah, some of those games they were okay, but they didn't have one game that they just really destroyed any of those pitchers. And and that's maybe the one thing that I would be a little bit more concerned about, not as much concerned about today. And one other thing, and we'll get into that when we talk about Renfro and Bader a little bit later on. Reds don't face a lefty all week unless something changes. They're going to face six straight right-handed pitchers. I think this lineup right now is definitely a lot better against uh, right-handed pitchers than lefties because of the guys that that are struggling are all the the platoon guys on the other end. Um, so I think that's a positive here going forward this week. I couldn't agree more. I mean, listen, uh, Harrison Bader's a guy that I was excited to get. I thought that he could be a spark plug. Um. I don't know enough about cars, but I'm sure there's a good analogy. He's been the opposite of a spark plug. Um, he's, he, defensively, I still think there's some merit there. He can provide value to this team. Hunter Renfro's a guy, if he can't hit, he's got no value. He's got no value. If Hunter Renfro cannot hit the baseball, he provides me zero value. Um, the play he made the day in right field, Renfro, is just a disgusting play. Now, I know the sun looked like the sun was causing some problems out there in right field, so I don't want to be overly critical of Renfro. But anytime an outfielder is looking at the second baseman, begging for them to catch the ball, and then staring at them, it just ta- it just tells me there's zero confidence in their defensive abilities that they have internally. They're hoping somebody else makes the play instead of going and make it themselves. Now, again, to be fair, maybe you can convince me he just couldn't see the ball, but that was a disgusting act, act of, 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 of basically defensive assignments when it comes to what I would assume Renfro should be doing. Moving forward, though, Nick, I feel good. I feel, I, listen, like it or not, as long as things don't go crazy south, we are going to be in this thing all the way up until the very end. All the way up until the very end. The, the Reds have a chance, and there's a lot of teams that are stacked up there right at the top that you could say – have a chance to get that final spot or maybe the final two spots at this point. 
Uh, the Cubs are in a position now where they've they've of of all the teams that we want to sit here and if you want to feel like not sorry is not the right word, but like if you're feeling self pity right now because of the Reds losing today, the Cubs are bad. That is something to be very upset about. Is what is what the Cubs have been doing. The Reds have been playing good baseball. It's just unfortunate that we we as fans I feel like are forecasting the fact that we just think that the names in the back of the uniform are going to pan themselves out eventually. And the Reds have guys with the names on the back of their uniform that are coming out of the bullpen and are starting games for us that we don't trust. That's really the, that's the real frustration. I feel like as Reds fans is that you got a guy in Spears is throwing three, four innings today. You're going to have guys like, and I know offense to Connor Phillips and Ben Lively and all these other guys, like that's who you're relying on in big time games down the stretch and it's just not very settling. However, and I don't mean to be a pushover, folks, but the but the fact is, is this is this is September seventeenth, and the Reds are right there. I you can't have it both ways. If again, I'm not doing the same song and dance I've done a thousand times, Nick. But let's just be honest with ourselves for half a second. This team, in a way doesn't deserve, based off of probably overall the talent level that they have on their team right this second, to even be anywhere remotely close to where they're at. So I'm going to take it with a little grain of salt. I'm going to move on. And I'd love for Renfro and Bader to step up, but it just doesn't seem like that's gonna, that's 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 been the case or going to be the case anytime soon. I'll say something that if you've watched this show 151 times this year, you probably would be surprised at. I think the Reds should probably DFA Hunter Renfro. I think I've seen enough. Uh, I think it was a good move to pick him up, especially with how many injuries the Reds had at that moment. But you're about to face seven right-handed pitchers. I just don't see the value that he has. Uh, I still believe in Harrison Bader. Uh, he's hit, He actually has more splits towards uh, hitting left-handed pitching over a, a period of time that I think he still has a chance to be productive. And obviously, he has that that value defensively. But yeah, I think I've seen enough of Hunter Renfro. I think you 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 just suck it up. You eat that $2 million. Um, it was a smart move. It was a good, good job by the Reds to take that risk. Uh, but I think you, you DFA him and you bring an extra pitcher up because I know there was a lot of discussion about, well, the Reds just gave that game away today by, by pitching Carson Spires. But Derek Lowe had to close a game yesterday. You can't be burning relievers when your win probability is that low, when you're down two runs and, and you had to use Derek. Like, you can't waste these guys in that spot. But if you have an extra reliever, you can start doing a little bit more of that. And, and you're going to have to get a little bit more aggressive with your bullpen the, the further we get along in this and the more these games – I mean, they all mean a lot now, but, you know, when, when they start really – you start having to really be – life or death on, a, on an individual night. So I think it's time to pull the plug on Renfro. That's fine. I mean, I'm not going to be upset about that. I do see people saying DFA Bader. I, I just, listen, Bader defensively offers something at the end of games that you're going to want to have, period. And then secondarily to that, he offers the opportunity to pinch run. So, yes, he's, he might not be getting it done at the plate, but he offers enough outside of the just 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 what he does uh, at the plate to, to, to deserve a roster spot. To deserve a roster spot. Everybody in the chat, and I think a lot of people are saying, well, what about this guy? What about this guy? You know, you're, you're, you're only picking on 
Bader, you're only picking on, you know, whoever else. You know, maybe it was Votto for a minute. I was picking on him. Like, when I say the offense, I'm picking on everybody, man. Like, it, it, it it's a collective thing. There's been a lot of folks that have not played good baseball. Ellie De La Cruz is at the very top of that list. He's at the very top of that list. As much as we, and I still like Ellie De La Cruz, and as much as I can appreciate the talent that he is, I'm all well aware of the production that he's producing right now, and it's not good. But I'd also like to pro, I'd like to proclaim that a lot of the reason I think that this offense feels stagnant, feels like it's just not the same anymore, is because TJ Friedel isn't on base stealing bags, not 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 bunting for hits with guys on base. Anytime, anytime that uh, that Ellie De La Cruz gets on base. It, it, it offers an opportunity for this team to manufacture runs in ways in which they don't usually manufacture runs. And unfortunately, it's feast or famine with Ellie. If he gets on with nobody out, there's a good chance he finds a way to steal second, and then all of a sudden you got a guy at second with nobody out. But when you strike out three times a game, it, it, it's tough. It's also hard to utilize all of your talents when you when you strike out as much as Ellie's been striking out. If he... If Ellie could roll over a ground ball in the hole and beat it out, that's what he was doing a little bit earlier this year. I think Ellie's just completely in his head. I really do. I don't. I don't. And it, and that's that's to happen to young players. I'm not making excuses for him, but he's just all up in his head. And if he could just relax and go play baseball again, I think it'd get a lot a lot better for him. So Reds aren't dead. This isn't time to hit a panic button by any stretch of the imagination. This team's done everything we could possibly ask them to do. And um, I feel like we're still in a pretty damn good spot, Nick. Yeah. I think what I you know, mentioned, I mean, Nixon Zell is just absolutely crushing left-handed pitching, which is also why yeah, I think is. it makes Renfro even more expendable. Because remember, when the Reds uh, picked up Renfro, I think Sinzel had only been back for like a week. So, And, and I think just all those reasons uh, make you feel better about that. But CES, look, I know it was a garbage time home run today, and I know he made the bad play in the field, but... He's looking good. He's got he's got to be in the lineup every day. I don't care how you get him in the lineup. He's got to be in the lineup each of the last 11 games of the year. I, I don't see a reason you can sit him. You need that power. No one else really is providing that power right now outside of Spencer Steer maybe. Yep. Like you have to have someone that can hit the ball at the ballpark. You got six games of Great American Ballpark. CES needs to be in the lineup every single day. I, there's no excuses otherwise. I mean, I agree. I agree. I, I I'd rather die on the hill with with uh, with CES in the lineup than Hunter Renfro any day of the week, just because again, not to get overly overly conscious of the future, but I'd like for these guys that we are going to have around play baseball games when it matters, like it or not. I'm not suggesting that I'm not, I, I want to throw Ellie out there no matter what, just because you said it before. You're okay with splitting Ellie for the last ten games of the season if that's what it takes to try to make the postseason. Of course, that that, that makes perfect logical sense. But again, I, I just I have a hard time believing that CES shouldn't shouldn't be in the lineup. I, he's the one guy I'd say you got to give him a chance. You got to give him a chance. Not to get on the too too like into the weeds here really quickly, but did you did you think the decision to hit hit TJ Friedel today instead of Benson was? Surprising, I guess is the word I'm looking for, because just just because of the, just because Benson runs into one, he hits a big big time home run. Next thing you know, you're right back in the game. Or do you just think that the fact that David Bell clearly just trusts T.J. Friedel a little bit more to put the ball in play and get a hit? I, I don't know. Um, 
it was a little bit at first I was kind of like taken back because I just felt like the the David Bell playbook all season would have been bringing your your power guy in that spot. Right. Um, but does does Friedel have more home runs than Benson? Well, Friedel's play a lot more games. I mean, if if, if I you're mean, gonna if you're gonna go by that, then divide how many how many at bats he's had uh, by how many well, home runs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got 14 home runs in in 452. Uh, 10 and 257. So it's not necessarily like this giant. Will Benson has so much more power than TJ Friedel. Um, I think, and, and I mean, uh, again, a, a double in that spot ties the ball game, right? So, because there was runners on the corner. So, I, I you know, TJ has been swinging the bat really, really well. Um, and again, I've said it a million times. Th- there's a lot more that goes into these matchups than just this guy, than this guy and his platoon splits. Th- there might have been something about the, that particular guys pitch mix that they like TJ Friedel is a better matchup than Will Benson. Um, I, I'm sure they had all kinds of data on that, that went into that decision. I didn't have an issue with it. It didn't work. Will Benson struck out with the bases loaded last night in a big spot. So, I mean, right. <laughs> you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. It, it just kind of is what it is, I guess. I, I don't think it's a huge deal. I mean, I, I just don't. I, I, I did think they were going to bring Will Benson in. I was just curious what your opinion was, and it, and it was just strictly of the fact that I thought Will Benson had a chance to run into a baseball, and, and, and T.J. Friedel, I mean, as much as I love the guy, no one's going to convince me that he has he has the same power that Will Benson has. It's just not going to – it's just not going to happen. Doesn't mean T.J. Friedel couldn't hit a double, like you said, and tied the game up. So I'll 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 use that as the point that I'm I'm satisfied with, I guess. But it's not the reason this team did not win today. This team has to catch the ball better. They just have to catch the ball better. They got to find a way to get on base and uh, create more scoring opportunities. And and the other thing I'll say too, like they just have not come up with the big time hit, right? They've not come up with the really big time hit in some of these spots where they could get six, seven, eight runs in a game. Bader had a chance to to get a big big time hit. Um, he didn't get it. And then obviously Friedel had a chance to get a big time hit. He didn't get it. And the Reds fall. So I think you just keep it moving, figure out what's next. We'll see how it goes. Reds have everything in front of them. They have everything in front of them. There's really nothing that they lost during this trip. There's nothing they lost. I mean, they could have lost it. If we're, if we're being honest, they could have lost it. Um, you know, they put, they've played pretty good baseball. They've played pretty good baseball. Are we asking for a lot right now? Maybe. Are we asking for a miracle? I don't think we're asking for a miracle to make the postseason. I mean, do I think it's likely? Probably not likely, but again, it just feels like if this team can just... And you know what's sad? The more I talk, the more I think of this. It comes down to the guys that have just been absolute horrible. It comes down to Ellie De La Cruz. I hate to say that. People aren't going to like me for saying it, but... If Ellie De La Cruz gets back to that guy that he was for the first two weeks, and maybe he'll never be that guy again, and that would be a damn, 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 damn shame, wouldn't it? But I don't think that's the case. I think that he's just in his own little head for a minute, and he's a young kid, and somehow if he can get lucky and run into two baseballs and they go out they go out of the ballpark, his brain function tells him that he's good at baseball again, and he starts playing at the level that I think he's capable of playing. My best guess is, and this is just my own my own stereotypical thoughts when it comes to players I've played with before, the most talented players that I've ever played with, all of them, every single one of them, had a had a relatively weak mental game than some of the other players that were a little undersized and had to bust their, their whole life to be relatively good. I'm not suggesting that 
that Ellie hasn't worked hard or anything like that. But I think some guys just rely on their sheer God-given talents to get themselves through. And then at some point, as always, it took Ellie all the way until the big leagues until you get hit in the face with reality of struggle and strife and all of the things that baseball will eventually bring. And it depends on how you handle it. And I don't think Ellie's handled it all that well. And he's 21 years old. But I think there's a chance, there's a chance that those players also have a chance to get reminded that they're good at baseball again and their brain tells them that, hey, I'm good at baseball. Remember how cocky Ellie was when he first came up? Remember how he would act? I want to get him back to that. I know some of you are turned off by that. Somebody needs to remind him, hey, man, you're the best damn player we got on this team. Whether it's true or not, who cares? Just tell him that. That's what I used to do. You just tell guys that they're, you tell guys they're better than maybe you even think they are. It doesn't matter because they need to hear it. Somebody needs to tell them. Somebody needs to tell them. Somebody should just go to Ellie and say, listen, man, this is baseball. How much money you got in your bank account, brother? He's going to say, I got whatever. I'm like, yeah, you're rich. You're rich, man. You remember when you played on them dirt fields back there when you were thinking about trying to make the major leagues and you were poor? Like, you're rich. What are you worried about? Go out there and just have fun. Bust their ass. I don't know. Maybe it would work. Maybe it wouldn't. But somebody's going to have to pick this pitching staff up because this pitching staff, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you, I'm going to tell you until you're blue in the face. It ain't going to hold up, people. It ain't going to hold up. We're going to have to start winning games 8-7. to seven. It's just what's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong, Nick, but that's how I feel. I think you could see tomorrow a couple moves made. Um, Alex Young made a rehab assignment, struck out the side. Um, I know Craig was all over it. He There was a report that he was in New York with the team. I guess they decided not to activate him today. But I would assume he probably gets activated. I think they may. I think they actually might DFA Hunter Renfro tomorrow, just because you look at who the Reds have coming up. Maybe they get rid of someone else. But I think yeah. I could see. I think the Reds will make two moves tomorrow. I think obviously Phillips for Spires is pretty obvious. I think Alex Young gets gets activated tomorrow, probably for a position player. And then what the Reds could do, Trace, is they they dump a position player this week because they obviously play um, six games this week. Stuart Fairchild's on his rehab assignment. I, I would be shocked if Stuart Fairchild gets activated before the uh, the Guardian series. That's on the 26th because the Reds have the day off Monday. Right. Two games against the Guardians, day off Thursday. So the Reds, I, I don't think you necessarily need to have as, you know as many pitchers to get through those five games. Um, so I think I think it would absolutely make sense to, to dump Renfro tomorrow. Say thank you very much. Fairchild, get some at-bats this week. We're going to bring you up Tuesday uh, for either platoon roll or just as an extra guy on the bench because we know he, he has some 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 uh, you know ways he can help the team with speed and defense and that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, those are the moves that I think might happen tomorrow. Craig says that that uh, Craig says that McLean's going to take batting practice tomorrow. Let's not rule him out. I... Where does he play? <laughs> like, I just he, he's. He could play second base. Let's not act like he couldn't play second base. He could play second base. He could play shortstop. What are you kidding? He could play shortstop. Okay, okay, but again, we're talking. We're not talking Matt McClain in the middle of July. Yeah, I understand. I was going to say that. These are really tough decisions for David Bell. So let's just say Matt McClain is available that last week of the season, but Marte has another good week. Are you like? we have no idea what that McClain's going to be able to do just jumping right back into the mix. This is tough. I mean, these are where you have to to really try to have an idea and 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 scout what these guys are looking like taking their batting practice wings and stuff and uh right. um 
It, these are tough calls. I, I can't remember a situation like this where there was just so many players that are like half hurt, half healthy, come back from short rehab assignments. Uh, sometimes you get Jonathan India that comes back right. and looks great. And it's like, oh, yeah. But other times you have guys that come back off injury and it takes them several weeks to get going. Man, it, it would be a, a tough call from for McLean. Do you throw him in the lineup or not? I, I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. I, that's what. That's exactly what I was gonna say before I got to it. I you um, when you when you brought up where he was gonna play, I jumped. To, I jumped to kind of say where he could play. I, I do think that that's very. It's a, it's a very hard ask to have. Hey, Matt McLean, don't play for what has been what almost a month. It feels like at this point. And then, oh, by the way, here we need you at your best here for the next five games, and it's win or die. It's like win or go home. Uh but but. This is the caveat, Nick. Like, if you're not going to platoon Ellie, it can't get much worse than Ellie. That's my argument. That's the argument I would make. That's the argument I would make. I don't think it could get much worse. Matt McClain has shown to me that he's a good enough baseball player if he's remotely healthy. If they're if they're capable and they think that they can stick him out there, I trust the Reds enough to believe that he's only going out there if he's healthy. And if Matt McLean's healthy, I know I know maybe I'm overvaluing Matt McLean. I think he's good enough to play immediately. However, I just don't think personally, this is my own opinion, of course, I don't think he's going to be healthy enough to play. I just don't. I think this is I think this is Matt McLean having a competitive spirit, really wanting to get back out there. Uh and and again, not to bring up other subjects in other sports, but like Joe Burrow, he wants to be out there. But the question becomes, if you're not healthy, how good are you? If if Matt McClain's not healthy, he might not be worth the help. He might it might just be one of those things where it feels good that his name's in the lineup, but if he's not healthy, he might be, you know, not the Matt McClain, like you said, that we get back in June. Uh so I'll say it I said it once, I'll say it, I said it maybe two, three, four times. I'll say it one last time before we end the show. There is no help coming. This is who we got. Like it or not, buckle up. Hopefully, these guys can start playing better. But there's nobody coming to save us. Nobody. And maybe that's sobering for you. Maybe that's sobering to think about. But that's what I feel, and that's how I think it's going to go. And we'll see what ultimately ends up happening. It doesn't mean the season's over, but this is who we got, man. And they're going to wear that bullpen out. I'm going to tell you right now, David Bell's going to pick his spots. And he is just going to rely on this bullpen to try to win him a game. And he's going to, he's going to, you can say what you want. And I think this is the right way to go about it. He is going to f- not forfeit games, but he might just say, you know what? Tomorrow, it's a loss. I got nobody in the bullpen. I got a guy starting that probably shouldn't be starting in the big leagues, but I got a chance to win this game today. And I'm going Jabot, Sims, Mole, Diaz. And if I can get through four innings of baseball and we got a lead, Forget it. We're going all in to win, and maybe I'll get lucky tomorrow and the offense will score 15 runs and we win anyways. That's how he should do it. That's how I expect David Bell to do it. Yeah, I mean, the Reds got, if there's one thing they got to break on, it's that they have all the off days. Three off days in the last nine games. I mean, that's, so, I mean, you can really pick your spots. I mean, the Reds could even almost go an entire bullpen game. I know they've gone bullpen games, but they've always had like someone that's gone two or three innings to kind of give them a little bit of length. They may just 
they may, he may run through nine innings of 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 Diaz, Sims, Jabot, Cruz, Law, Mole, Farmer, Duarte, like just start yeah. to finish if you're coming off an off day or something like that. So I know we beat we beat a couple of our own guys down today, and it is part of the deal that we do here. But I do think that, like I said before, this team has a shot. We got a chance. Let's not sit here and act like this is this is all bad. Okay, they lost a baseball game today. They lost a baseball game. Okay, they won two or three. They they went five and two in the week. It's it's a, it's been a hell of a week. It's been a hell of a week. So we'll keep it moving, and uh, we'll see if we can't find a way to keep winning more games. However, however we have to win them, let's just win them. Let's go. Still alive, still kicking. Last chance to go to the ballpark this week. Not saying you not saying you should go. I think people get mad at me when I say that. Um, you can spend your money however you want. Just saying this is the last time the Reds are going to play in that ballpark possibly until the postseason, and uh, postseason tickets are not going to be cheap. So the last time, let's just say it like this, this is the last time you can probably get in the ballpark at a pretty affordable price uh, until until 2024, what do you think? I, I support it, yeah. I mean, this 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 I don't know how anyone could have, have watched this team you can say what you want about ownership or Nick Carl, whoever else. I don't know how anyone could have watched the players that have played for our favorite baseball team that we root for and think anything less than, wow, these guys have, have uh, done everything they can to uh, try to will this team to the postseason. The fact that they're even in, in this race, yeah, I think they deserve a packed ballpark. I hope they get it at least a couple days this week. I hope they, they feel the love and support. Uh, of Cincinnati. Cincinnati likes to pride itself on as a, as a good sports town. Well, this is your week to prove it. All right, let's get you caught up on all of the Reds minor league action from Sunday. We'll start off with the AAA Louisville Bats. The Bats won 10-7 over Durham. Bats improved to 72-70 and on the season. Lion Richardson got the start for the Bats, and it did not go well. He did not make it out of the first inning, walked three batters, ended up giving up four runs, uh, through 37 pitches, Reds typically do not let any of their starting pitchers throw more than 35 pitches in an inning. So a couple rough starts in a row for Richardson since he got demoted. Uh, probably Richardson's getting close to the point uh, where he will probably be shut down for the year here at some point. Uh, Stuart Fairchild, though, on his rehab game, he went two for three, so that was good to see. Uh, Jose Barrero, two for four, hit his 16th home run of the year. Barrero's now homeward in Back-to-back days. Uh, Kevin Newman, he was two for five. Interesting enough, Newman was batting seventh for AAA Louisville on Sunday. Not sure if there's anything more to that. He was batting at the top of the lineup. And then Casey Legamina, he threw a scoreless inning, striking out two and not giving up a walk. Louisville Bats, they will begin their final series of the year. On Tuesday, they will be hosting the Iowa Cubs. That's Tuesday through Sunday in Louisville. Uh, the Bats are trying for their first winning season since 2011. If they just go 3-3 three and three during this final series, they would clinch that. Even if they go 2-4, and four, they would still have their first 500 season since 2011. All right, down to AA, the Chattanooga Lookouts lost 7-4 to Birmingham in the regular season finale for the Lookouts. The Chattanooga Lookouts next game Thursday at 7-15 against the Tennessee Smokies. That's the Cubs AA affiliate. That is the Southern League playoff. So really looking forward to that. Uh, getting to see a lot of talented young players in the Reds farm system. Uh, get some cool playoff experience. 
On Sunday, though, Edwin Arroyo was 0 for 4. Uh, Matt Nelson, 1 for 4. Tyler Callahan, 2 for 4. But again, playoffs starting Thursday night for the Chattanooga Lookouts. All right, Reds next series. The Reds will be hosting the Minnesota Twins starting tonight. That's Monday. Twins come in with a pretty similar record of the Reds. Twins 79-71 and 71 on the year. The Twins are on the verge of clinching the AL Central. They have got a seven-game lead in the division. Uh, Twins, however, though, they are below 500 at 36-39 and 39 on the road. The Reds, ironically enough, have the exact same 36-39 and 39 record at home. Uh, the Twins are 34-36 and 36 against teams above 500. Twins come in 4-4 four and four in their last eight. The Reds will miss Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez in this series. That's probably the two guys that the Twins would start in games one and two of a playoff series. And old friends Kyle Farmer and Donovan Solano will be returning. Although we might not see them, or at least might not see them a lot in the series, they don't start a lot versus right-handed pitching. Reds lining up to have all right-handed pitching. And we'll tell you right now about Monday's starting pitching matchup. Monday's game, 6.40 p.m. It's on Bally Sports Ohio, but it is also on FS1. For the Twins, it'll be Joe Ryan. The right-handed pitcher's got a 4.20 ERA in 26 starts this year. He's been good of late, 2.75 ERA over his last four starts. One thing of note, though, he has not gone very deep in his starts. He has not recorded an out past the fifth inning in five of his last six times out. Joe Ryan has never faced the Reds. A couple notables, Hunter Renfro is two for three. Will Benson, 0 for one. Those numbers, of course, when those guys were with other organizations. Connor Phillips uh, will be back with the Reds. He was sent down, but he was as a COVID replacement, so he's eligible to come back. Talked about that a little bit earlier in the show. I would expect Connor Spires is the move for that. I also think the Reds will probably make some additional moves as well. But Connor Phillips uh, obviously got all the talent in the world. Uh, strike can strike out a ton of guys, but he's allowed three home runs and six walks in eight and two-thirds innings pitched. So obviously uh, keeping the ball in the park and limiting walks, which typically go hand-in-hand together, will be the game for Phillips. Uh, both starts that Phillips made, he did make it through four innings pitch, so that was good to see that he did get a little bit deeper into the game. And I know four innings doesn't sound like a lot, uh, but if you looked at some of Connor Phillips' game logs in the minor leagues, that actually is uh, pretty good, all things considered. And Connor Phillips, he's going to have his work cut out for him. The Twins are the fifth-best offense in terms of weighted runs created plus against right-handed pitching. Rest of the series will shake out. Tuesday's game is listed as TBA for the Reds, but I would expect probably another bullpen game and Ben Lively in the mix. And the Reds will be going up against Kinta Maeda on Tuesday. Maeda's got a 4.50 ERA in 19 starts this season. And then Wednesday, the series finale, Hunter Green on the mound for the Reds going up against Bailey Ober. He's got a 3.67 ERA in 23 starts this season. So even missing the first two guys for the Twins, still going to be placing some pretty good pitchers overall in the series. All right, the NL wild card race. Here's what's going on on Monday. Only team in action is the Miami Marlins. Uh, that's at 640. Marlins have Edward Cabrera on the mound. They are hosting the Mets. So hopefully the Mets can uh, 
Uh, continue that magic they had on Sunday when they beat the Reds. Hopefully that offense can get rolling against the Marlins. These these uh, two teams play each other six times uh, the rest of the way. Uh, for the Mets, it'll be Jose Buto on the mound. Was really good his last start against the Diamondbacks. Uh, the Diamondbacks, speaking of them, they start a two-game series on Tuesday against the Giants. So another... Another, this is, I think, the final matchup of any of the wild card hopefuls head to head. So that'll be interesting to watch. Just a two game series starting on Tuesday. And then the Cubs, they start a three game series against the Pirates starting on Tuesday. So the Pirates will be playing spoiler all week. Cubs first. And then, of course, they travel to Cincinnati to play the Reds this weekend. All right. As always, make sure you check out Off the Bench 10 a.m. on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Plenty to talk about from a tough weekend of sports for Cincinnati outside of the Reds. I mean, the Reds did win two of three. Um, didn't end on a high note, but two of three on the road is always something I think that should be celebrated. But, of course, check out those guys off the bench, 10 a.m. to noon, Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Um, and then also, shout out to everyone. I asked for some reviews on Apple Podcasts. We were stuck at 99 and I just checked, and it was up to 105. So thank you to you. Appreciate everyone who continues to support the show. It's You guys are the absolute best. If you haven't left us a five-star review, let's keep them rolling, keep them coming in. That would be great. We would really appreciate it. And one last plea. If you are in the Cincinnati area, try to get down to Great American Ballpark this week. Red six games. This team absolutely deserves your support. Uh, and uh, hopefully... Uh, uh, can uh, uh, play some really fun games and uh, uh, keep this incredible ride going. Well, we will see you on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. We'll be live around 9 o'clock in the ninth inning as always. So look forward to checking you out then. And then, of course, if you missed that, podcast always available in the morning in your podcast feed. Well, have a great Monday. Hope your week gets off to a fantastic start. And as always, go Reds. <laughs>